This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. On this episode, I'm going to be looking at PDO, a statistic that many people espouse to be uh, the measurement of luck. Is it really luck? Stay tuned to find out. I'm going to be joined by Chase Crawshaw of the Bolts Broadcast Podcast. We're going to talk about the Lightning. Are they good or are they just lucky? This is Ice Analytics. Welcome to episode 15 of Ice Analytics. I'm your host, Matthew Arp. And on this episode, I'm going to be digging into PDO, otherwise known as your team's save percentage and shooting percentage combined. On Number Crunch, I'm going to be tackling the question, what is it and why is it such a terrible metric? I mean, what are the benefits of looking at it and how useful is it? And then on StatChat, I'm going to be joined by Chase Crawshaw from the Bolts broadcast. And we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that has had a three-year stretch that has been spectacular in terms of save percentage and shooting percentage. I can't wait to get his thoughts on how lucky he thinks Tampa Bay has been the past few years. On this edition of Number Crunch, I'm going to be tackling the question, what is PDO and why is it such a terrible metric that it should be relegated to the trash heap along with plus minus? Okay, it's not that bad. Oh, who am I kidding? It's god awful. PDO, also known as SPSV percent since the NHL can't be bothered to use the name we've been calling it for the last decade, is the sum of a team's 5v5 shooting percentage or the number of goals they score divided by the number of shots on goal that they generate and their 5v5 save percentage, the number of shots their goalies stop divided by the number of shots on goal they allow. Now check out this origin story. We know about Corsi, named after the goaltender. We know about Fenwick, named after some guy named Fenwick. PDO was discovered by this guy, Brian King, who named it after a gamer tag that he used while playing Counter-Strike. Yeah, that's it. That's where we're at. And for a while, PDO was the flavor of the month amongst hockey stats, folks. It's the combination of shooting percentage and save percentage. It's the measure of luck. And you see folks using this as a justification for why a team is doing well, and they're about to fall harder off to cliff than Wiley Coyote, Or why a team is about to blast off because their number isn't high enough. Alright, so maybe that's a bit dramatic. I mean, let's be real. It is true that league-wide save percentage and shooting percentage is going to equal 100 because, well, math. What everybody likes to say is, is that if your combined save percentage and shooting percentage is, is lower than 100, that means you're very unlucky. And... You're about to turn it around because it's going to regress back to 100. And if your team shooting percentage and save percentage are above 100, you are very lucky and it is going to regress down to 100 and et cetera, et cetera. That's how it's being used by the stats community and has been used for a while now is a measure of luck and well-respected people within the community. I'm not going to name any names, but well-respected people within the community publish this data regularly and frequently cited as a measurement of luck, when in fact, it is a measurement of your team's save percentage and shooting percentage. That's all it is. The highest PDO numbers that we've seen 
in the last decade, 1.03 accomplished by Washington in 2009. And the lowest in the last decade is 0.96 achieved by Florida in 2012. Now I got to do is move some decimal places over. So if you want to look at it in terms of 100% or 100, Washington had 103% and Florida had 96%. If you want to look at the decimals, you just move things around. You know what to do. Okay. The Washington Capitals, interestingly enough, are the only team without a single season in the past decade with a PDO less than 100. So does that mean they're going to spend the next decade with a below average save percentage and shooting percentage so that it all equals out? No, nothing guarantees that. And that's the problem with PDO. All right, so let's take a breather here. Step back for a second. Save percentage and shooting percentage are both really important aspects of the game. There's no denying that. I mean, your team's going to do better if you have a higher shooting percentage and save percentage. That's just a fact. About 21% of the variation in your win total is explained by each shooting percentage and save percentage. So together, about 42% of your variation in wins and losses is explained by these two factors or PDO. There is an unsurprisingly really strong relationship between these two things. But the problem isn't the relationship. These things absolutely do matter. They are two of the most important offensive and defensive metrics that you have. Problem is treating this as a measurement of luck. Sidebar for one second. I remember a few years ago, by a few years ago, it might have been like five years ago, I remember putting together a model for the statsenforcer.com. I'm sure it's out there. I grabbed all the metrics I could find. Corsi numbers, save percentage numbers, face-off numbers, hit numbers, blocked shots number. I, I took pretty much everything, the whole kitchen sink, threw it into a model and looked at how much this stuff mattered to winning percentage. And it captured like 80% of the variation in win total. And I was feeling pretty smug about myself, thinking like, oh man, I just, I cracked the code. Like I just took all these really important things, threw them in a model and said, I, I solved the game. I know how you can win or lose. But the problem is, is that it's great to retroactively like do some data mining and throw a bunch of important variables into your model, but that doesn't actually help you better understand win totals. So that doesn't help you win games. I mean, yeah, possess the puck more than your opponent. Yeah, have a better save percentage than your opponent. Yeah, have a better shooting percentage than your opponent. These things are all important. Everybody knows that. So it's a little bit of a problem when you're using save percentage and shooting percentage and saying, this is your luck. Okay, which brings us back to PDO. PDO is not often used the way that I just did, the way I just referenced the model, you're looking at seasonal data by team and evaluating the relationship between winning and PDO. Now, it's used more often in a rolling game chart that looks at like a 10 or five game sample and shows your average throughout the season. And if you listen to hockey analytics people, they always sell you on this idea that regression is right around the corner. You're going to go back to the mean of 100. And the trend is always going to be towards the mean. And you know what? They're absolutely right. With a big enough sample size, things will regress to the mean. But the problem is, is that we don't actually know what the mean save percentage and shooting percentage is for any individual team. And that is what is inherently flawed about this measurement is that we don't know if a team is lucky or unlucky. You know, if you got a second, go out to moneyline-analytics.net because this is the only one I could find that wasn't behind some sort of a paywall. 
a lot of the good analytics people, you know, making money, good for them. But uh, you know, you go out to you go out here to moneyline-analytics.net and you click on the rolling PDO charts and they've got these five game, five v5 rolling PDO charts. And you look at this stuff and all right, you know, there's some teams that you can clearly see were out of their league. You know, Anaheim started the season 105 PDO and they are trending towards 99 and continue to fall. Is 99 the mean for Anaheim? We'll find out by the end of the season. But that's a really nice example of a team that's just trending the entire season downward. You know, you look at a team like Calgary that has had peaks and valleys and they're all over the place. And you know what? They've kind of settled in around 99%. Even though they were as low as 97, they were you know as high as 99, they've bounced back and forth. What does this mean? Absolutely nothing. That's what it means. You know, Detroit is another great example. Started off the season 99 and has continued to go downward ever, ever so slightly and has now kind of settled in around 97%. Honestly, are we expecting Detroit, given a big enough sample size, is going to get their save percentage plus their shooting percentage up to 100? That's laughable. You got to be kidding me. I mean, this is a team that is going to break historical records or damn near close to it, breaking historical records as one of the worst teams in decades. And we're supposed to think that, oh, well, you know, rebound is right around the corner. Now, that's the problem with these measurements. That's why you have to take them with a grain of salt. Because at the end of the day, all PDO is, is your save percentage and your shooting percentage. And those are great metrics. I, I like them. You like them. We throw them in models. We have fun with them. Fantastic. What it is not is a measurement of luck. And if your team is sitting at, uh, you know, 98%, don't expect a big surge the rest of the season. And if your team is at 102%, like the Colorado Avalanche have been the entire season, you know, their low watermark is 102.5. You know why? Because they're a good team that shoots well and has good goaltending. Not necessarily because they're just lucky. You know, you look at this chart, you're going to see a lot of bad teams that are well below 100, teams like the LAs, teams like the Detroits, and you're going to see good teams that are going to be consistently above 100. And you know what? At the end of the season, we can look at these charts and laugh and say, oh, you know, look, it trended downward, it trended upward. Now, hear this. Bad teams are going to have poor PDO, and good teams are going to have good PDO because good teams that have good net miners and good scores and finishers are going to have a higher PDO. Bad teams that have poor goaltending and guys who can't finish are going to have a lower PDO. That's just the way it is. It's not predictive. It's descriptive. All right. Maybe you get lucky. I'm not saying the teams can't get a little lucky. There are some teams out there who have performed much better than we expected. And as we've seen in the past, goaltenders are voodoo. You cannot bank on a goaltender every year to be elite because they're not going to be. And some of that is luck. It's just not PDO. All right, enough of that. Rant over. Looking forward to talking to Chase about the Tampa Bay Lightning on this week's Stat Chat. I'm joined on this edition of Stat Chat by Chase Crawshaw, co-host of the Bolts broadcast. You can find Chase on Twitter at Cha Dust and the show at Bolts Broadcast. And welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm excited. 
first and foremost, we got to talk about the lightning because I know your your podcast is dedicated to the lightning, and it's been a roller coaster ride for the lightning this season. I mean, we go back to December twentieth. This is hard to believe. The lightning were in ninth place in the East, a point behind Buffalo, two points behind the Habs, on pace for ninety four points on the season. Since then. They've gone on a tear, entering this, this seasonal pause second in the East with 92 points with 12 games left, eight points behind the Bruins and 11 ahead of the Leafs. Explain to me what happened the last three months that dramatically turned their season around. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a terrible start for the Lightning, you know, coming off of the high of the last regular season to the low of the, of the postseason. You kind of expected the team to come out hot, but sure enough, they did not. The things that have really started changing since December, uh, the two things I would say are efficiency with scoring chances and then goaltending. Most games, if you notice, uh, the Lightning tend to be the team that's being outshot. Pretty often their sh- shot total in a game is in the 20s while they're often facing 30 in a game. Uh, so it's not necessarily about the, about the shot volume that they're getting. Rather, they're getting in these great A scoring chances. They're scoring on the opportunities they need to score on. They're just creating plays. They're more worried about quality instead of quantity. And then when it comes to goaltending, Andre Vasilevsky is, you know, he's playing back to the elite level that he was really come like every other season coming into this year. He struggled a little bit in the beginning of the year, uh, had some kind of consistency issues, some confidence issues. But now that he's kind of found his game again, he's back to making the highlight reel saves. He's back to making those game-breaking save moments that you expect from him. And it's really you know, taking this team to that elite level again. That's a perfect segue because through the ups and downs of the season, their five-game rolling PDO, the save percentage and shooting percentage, has never dipped below 100 in a five-game sample this season. Shooting percentage, like you said, hasn't been a problem at all. Uh, I'm curious, though, get into the save percentage uh, a little bit. Vasilevsky started off the season not so great. What have you seen him do differently or the team in front of him do differently to improve his game throughout the season? Well, one thing that the team has definitely done in front of him is a lot of shots. You kind of notice they're not necessarily getting the greatest scoring chances uh, like the opposing teams aren't that Tampa Bay does themselves. So a lot of teams are kind of forced to shoot around the perimeter or they're not getting on the rebound. So they're just getting the initial shot and then not really generating anything from that. So from a team aspect, I'd say that is like the main thing. Uh, Vasilevsky himself, though, I think he's been the biggest change. Because, you know, watching him, you've noticed that the second half of the year, he's really playing at the high confidence level that he lacked beginning of the year. He was pretty shaky to start the year. Didn't really seem like he was playing as good as he could normally play. You know, he was a Vezina caliber goaltender, but surely wasn't playing that way. So the lack of confidence, lack of inconsistency. Two stretches of the games in December that really show this inconsistency. There was a three-game stretch from December 7th to December 12th where he had a 9.56 save percentage, which is phenomenal, obviously. And then his next three-game stretch from December 14th to 19th, he had an 8.57 save. So that's really what the whole first half of the season was about, just complete inconsistency. The end of December came around and the new year started. That's when he really started taking off. His consistency came back. His confidence was back. And he was back to doing what he always did. I know this is difficult to project or difficult to put your finger on, but how much of that confidence being shaken had to do with last year's playoffs? You got to think there's, there's something in there because it's hard to be a, a record-setting team and then go and take a 3 nothing lead in game one and then just don't stand a chance the rest from the rest of the playoffs and get swept. It's the It was really the worst way that season could have ended going into the summer. Definitely had a lot to think about. Had a lot longer summer than they expected. Definitely got to their minds. Like, it's not just Vasilevsky that I struggling to. Like, even the team offensively, like some of the star players weren't really playing up to their level. 
Kucherov and Stamkos weren't firing at the high rates that they had previous years. Uh, they started figuring that out as the season got along. So I think just kind of the unexpected long summer definitely really got to them. That's fair. That's that's fair. So the Lightning have been one of the best teams at even strength at, at this PDO the last two-plus seasons. And very few teams the past decade have had three consecutive seasons that has been this impressive. I mean, we got to go back to the 14 to 16 Rangers and the 16 to 18 Capitals to find a three-year stretch that's been this this impressive. You know, if you talk to the people within the stats community, they'll tell you, you know, PDO is just this measurement of luck. I personally cannot accept this notion that the Lightning, as well as the Rangers and Caps, uh, have have been lucky three consecutive years. What do you think of this assessment? Have the Lightning just been overly lucky the past few years? What are they doing to actually sustain these numbers? A sample size that large is definitely not mean luck. Definitely means that the team is doing something right. So I know I don't think the Tampa Lightning have been lucky. I think they've been doing the right things. The way the team plays under John Cooper is not about, as I said, not about getting high quantity of shots, but getting the quality shots. It's about getting in the scoring chances, but great scoring chances, about creating offense in the zone, waiting for the play to develop, not forcing things. It's a very high-skilled, high-paced game with a lot of patience. And the team that they've built, you know, with, with the emergence of guys like Kucherov and Point, obviously you already have Steven Samkos. This year, Alex Killern's having a great year. Tyler Johnson's having a down year this year, but had two previous really good years. Uh, these guys all just work together perfectly in this John Cooper system where you just you have that focus on getting those the best scoring chances possible. I mean, you mentioned that lineup. I couldn't believe the coup that they pulled uh, to get Blake Coleman. I think that's that was just a solid, uh, another solid addition that they made. He was off to... A bit of a slow start uh, looking at his numbers goal assist point-wise uh, going into the stoppage. But it's you know it's not just about that with his game. He, he's got that awesome cheap contract. He, he plays a phenomenal game on all aspects. He's, he's a really cheap offensive player. While he can still play physical, he can still play well in the defensive zone. Like you can, he's a guy you can really just trust to do anything for you. That's why it, was, it seemed like a little bit of a price when, when you're looking at it. But when you're a team trying to win the cup, you got to do what you got to do. And that was the market. And I have no problem with that trade. Yeah. And like you said, he's got some term left. So it's not like a rental. So do, do you have any uh, any final thoughts on, you know, are we just drinking the haterade here on PDO? Like, do you have any any final thoughts on the Lightning in general or, you know, the season or how, you know, how things have gone? Playoffs, if there's going to be a season, like any anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, I do want to mention, like, it, you know, obviously it's terrible that, that the season ended the way it did so far. Uh, I'm still optimistic that they're going to come up with a solution to play the rest of the regular season and the playoff. Even if not, if they do like a point percentage thing, it'll still, it, it, it's probably going to be the fairest way if, if that's what they're going to do it. My Tampa Lightning at least will be in the Stanley Cup playoff. This break really sucks. You know, it's going to throw guys kind of out of loop. But really, if, if you think about it, you can also look at it as a good way as it's letting, you know, injuries heal up. Steven Samkos is going to come back fresh after, you know, being hurt for this little stretch of a season. Every team really is should be healthier if the season does come back around, which if teams get that training camp, like some of the players have proposed, you know, in early July, get back into shape, go out there full force for playoffs, it could create some interesting hockey. Like, really, when do you ever see playoff hockey with fully healthy teams? It just doesn't really happen because you play beat up through the year. You don't heal up until the offseason. So this could be one of our most interesting playoffs that we've ever seen. You got to be feeling good about that first round matchup. I mean, where things are slotted right now, if, as long as they keep the format the same, you're going to be playing the Leafs uh, in the in the first round. How, how do you feel about that? The Leafs just love choking the first round for whatever reason, so it, it helps me feel feel better. And I truly think that this Tampa team is a 
true cup contender. I think if the season does come back, they are the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I have a hard time believing that they won't get at least to the third, fourth round in playoffs. So going against Toronto, I think that's a, a pretty good first opponent to have, especially since they've had such a rocky year going from, you know, the lowest they've had all the way up to the highest back down. It, they've been just so inconsistent haven't really gotten like a solid level of play for a good stretch. So, I mean, at the same time, you could also think of it as if they get hot at the right time, they could step up and repeat what happened last year with Columbus. But at the end of the day, I would have to give that series to Tampa pretty handedly. Uh, I'm, I am feeling pretty good about that potential matchup. It's going to be chaotic, however they end this season. But uh, I, I want to give you the floor, as I do with all my guests, if you have any plugs or any shout-outs for anybody – um, the floor is yours. As you mentioned before, uh, if you guys could check us out on Twitter at Bulls Broadcast, we'd really appreciate it at Bulls Broadcast. You can also follow my co-host, Mike Mitchelson. You can follow him on Twitter at Mitchelson21. Also, if you're looking for some other sports content, we also have another podcast where we talk a lot of football. That's on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. So you can check that out just to get some more sports content during this kind of hiatus of sports. Uh, and if you guys could just keep supporting the Hockey Podcast Network, all the podcasts within that group, you know, in every way possible, we'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule and, and joining me here and uh, appreciate your thoughts on all this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. It was great. All right. It's about that time to do a recap, wrap this up. PDO is a statistic that measures your team's shooting percentage and save percentage combined, both of which are two of the most important numbers for determining your team's success offensively and defensively. Maintaining a high shooting percentage and save percentage does involve some luck. I mean, hockey, there's a lot of luck in hockey. It's undeniable. We've seen a player go into prolonged slumps in the middle of a season time after time again. But just how likely is it that an entire team goes into a slump simultaneously. Sure, a couple players may lose their scoring touch a game or two here and there, but is that really enough to put a significant dent in your team average? That's why we use five-game rolling PDO. What is the average over a five-game period? Because somebody may have a bad game or a couple bad games, but we're also not talking about individual players. We're talking about team PDO. Goaltenders can be a totally different story since there's only two of them on your team and most teams have an established starter. And if your starter goes through a rough patch, that can really affect your team's PDO. I mean, 85% save percentage versus 90% save percentage. That's a whole 5% increase of your team's PDO. Goaltenders are especially notorious for getting snake bitten over the course of a season. We see him go into slumps. We see him have a few bad games here and there. And as we talked about in episode nine, it is extremely rare and very difficult for a goaltender to be consistently elite year after year after year. So I'm not discounting that there is some luck to hockey. What I'm discounting is that PDO adequately measures said luck. Honestly, if you want to measure luck, I would put more faith in going to evolving hockey and looking at the difference between GAR and expected GAR or goals for percentage and expected goals for percent. Because those things look at the difference between actual results and predicted results. That to me is a better measurement of luck 
than PDO. Now, you can take all this with a grain of salt. All I'm suggesting to you, be wary of people that talk about PDO like it is a predictive statistic or using your team's current PDO to predict future regression. Because ultimately, it's very difficult to know if you're living in an anomaly or if you're part of a trend. The proponents of PDO will tell you, this is just an anomaly and things are going to return to normal. But there's no way to assess that until the end of the season when you've collected all the data. So on next week's episode, I'm going to be looking at the back-to-back, which teams perform better and worse with no day's rest. And I'm going to be joined by Michael from A Clean Skate Podcast to talk about the Dallas Stars. And remember, folks, drink and think responsibly. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Ice Analytics, your source for NHL stats and analysis hosted by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. You can find me on Twitter at Ice Analytics, and you can find the show notes at www.statsenforcer.com. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to our feed and leave us a review.